Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., Welcome to Black and Lit, powered by Full Service Radio. We're your hosts, Jasmine and Priscilla. And we're broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Washington, D.C. Black and Lit is a multimedia brand celebrating dope black people doing the things they love without boundaries. Each week, we're bringing you inspiring stories of tastemakers, artists, and entrepreneurs of color who are taking risks to create the life that they want. Today in studio, we're so excited to have Matt Green. He is the co-founder of District Running Collective, which is a free community-based organization here in D.C. that uses running to promote wellness, culture, and community among black residents. It's now in its sixth year. DRC amasses hundreds of runners on Wednesdays and Saturdays, 95% of which are actually black, which is incredible. That's so powerful. Um, my friend, actually, Shakira Hill, told me about DRC a while ago. <laughs> and um, I had just moved back to D.C. I was running in New York. And then all of a sudden, I saw all these black people who were running down 8th Street it's all like over the city. It was just like a mob. I was like, I need to be a part of this crew. How do I sign up? So Shakira was like, oh, yeah, I go to DRC. You should definitely come. So I went a few times, and I was like, this is epic. Um, but how did you first even get into running? I feel like everybody has that sort of epic running story, like something happened in their past and then they found running <laughs> and it was just like their breakthrough moment. <laughs> uh, my story doesn't start so epic. <laughs> it's real regular. Um, one of the other co-founders, uh, Taylor Blake, is four co-founders all together of DRC. Um, he had gotten into running about, I want to say right out of college, when we graduated in 2009, mm. um, and he was running half marathons, and he had signed up for a marathon uh, that I, I watched him run, and I was like, I would never do that. Um, and then it wasn't too much longer after that that he got me to run a Tough Mudder, and after running the Tough Mudder, we just meet, well, him and then the two other guys, Carlin and, and Chaz, that I went to school with, decided that, you know what, there's some some cool things going on mm-hmm. um, around the country that isn't here in D.C., so that's what sparked uh, what DRC is today. That's amazing. Are you from, so you're from the area? Yes, I'm a D.C. native. Okay, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Petworth, okay. um, so right around the corner from uh, the Lion Hotel. Nice. Um, so yeah, born and raised uh, in, in Petworth on uh, Webster Street. Okay. Were you playing any sports growing up that sort of help to build up that athleticism to even start running? Yeah, so um, I went to DeMatha Catholic High School, go Stags, um, and there I was a wrestler. So I want to say just like a lot of other um, athletes and, and I guess people that get into running, mm-hmm. um, wrestling was a sport that I used running as a way to lose weight or to help get in shape. Um, so for me, it wasn't as much about um, running the distances and, and just like the joy of running. It was more of a, a punishment mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I because get that. I was really 
it was one of those things where it just sucked to have to go out and run three miles before you know wrestling practice to lose weight it was just it just weighed a lot on um on me so like I didn't really have like the greatest view of running um and even with anything else um playing football basketball these other sports you have to use running as a conditioning technique mm-hmm. you know, to help get in shape so that was like the the introduction for a lot of people to running mm-hmm. and that might be a reason why a lot of people don't really get into the long distance running until a little bit later in life and then they find the joy of like the release after all of the you know the pressures through the day um so yeah i mean that was that was my my entry point um just playing high school sports was uh how i really got introduced to running yeah it's i mean it's interesting because i feel like traditionally in the african-american community like we excel at track and field yeah. and football things where you you know do short sprints condition but we don't really do distance running and i mean if you look at the statistics it's kind of crazy like only 8% of African-Americans actively participate in races, like marathons, half marathons. Right. And that's significantly up from, I think it was like 1.6% in 2011. Right. Like, that's nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we dominate the sport um, in, in short distance and track and field. If you look at a lot of the track, like, you know, all the sprinters from the 100 meter to, I want to say, <clears throat> into the 800 meter. 1500 I would say goes back and forth right. um like the middle distance and as you start to go further up um I would say African Americans start to fall out of the like the leads mm-hmm. in those categories and then you start getting into Kenyans and Ethiopians dominate yeah. the sport yeah. so but then after the, like that that one elite group we fall off right there was this crazy joke that Jasmine and I were talking about last night it's like funny but not funny <laughs> there's funny. always like uh, like three Africans at the front of the pack and then a whole bunch of white people chasing <laughs> chasing them. It's like, that's problematic. Why do you think there's so few of us in this space? Why aren't we running in um, numbers like other groups? Well, I read something that said that it's because of a lack of mentors and unsafe places to train in some of our communities. Do you agree with that? Well, I think that may be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think long distance running is a sexy sport. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the people that that introduce you to a certain sport, like your idols and the people that you grew up looking at, like you know Michael Jordan and Michael Johnson, like these track athletes. As a kid, you look at these folks like I want to be like this person, but you don't really see anybody running these long distances. You just see, like you said, it's. You know, the typical runner, picture of a runner is like a middle-aged white man in right. tiny shorts yeah. that doesn't look cool. So for, <laughs> It's like a very nerdy yeah, sort right. of sport. It's not a good introductory into like the, the long distance running. And it's just, when you're growing up, it just sucks to run that long. Nobody wants to run like a mile, you know, before practice. It, like, like I said, with the, the sports that I participated in, it, running wasn't like, it was almost a punishment. They was like, go run a lap. So mm-hmm. it was always this thing that to run far was bad. Yeah. So we didn't introduce it as this thing that it's good to go far. And I think now, you know, since now we're starting to see a lot more, you know, people and um, influencers and folks like us getting into the, the running game, mm-hmm. we're then inspiring, you know, younger athletes to start approaching it. So hopefully, you know, we can be like the leaders that, you know, inspire the youth to, to get into it because... 
it, there's so much that comes with the sport um, mm. that I think that could affect so many people at a younger age. Yeah. What do you think some of those things that you've gotten out of this sport are? Like, what are those lessons that you've learned through running? Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 the sayings where, oh, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's literally <laughs> like yeah. what you can apply to real life. Um, for some reason, I, I got into these sports that are individual sports where you're kind of like battling against yourself. Wrestling was a sport where it's like you versus an opponent mm-hmm. and there were team aspects, but it literally came down to, you know, you and what you put into it. Um, so take the opponent out of it is like, for these long distances, I'm pretty much like running against myself in time. And with that, I'm able to kind of go back to those those days where um, I don't know where, where I was able to have some type of accomplishment. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to run a marathon. I just ran a 50K and that's mm, 31 that's miles. Crazy. It 31 miles? Not 26.2, which I have not done yet. <laughs> 31 miles. Yeah, can, we, can we talk about that? Because so I'm not a distance runner. Like I run for mental health, basically. So if I've had a hard day, I'll run like two miles. Basically, I stop when I feel like I'm going to die. So two <laughs> miles is like the cutoff for me. How do you get your mind past that feeling of please stop before you die and you keep going to run 31 miles? Like, is there a um, tactic that you use to check I mean, it's, yourself it's, out? It's practice. So just like with anything, you don't just go out there and just run 31 miles. You, you, you set up a training plan, right. and then you build yourself up. So you get to, like, a threshold, and you pass that threshold, and it's like these little victories. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I feel like I get out of is, like, I get these small accomplishments mm-hmm. every time I go out. It's like, I've never ran this far. Then you run that far. It's like, wow, what can I do next? Right. And it just happened to be a 50K, but... You know, that was, that's like one of the things that helps me get past it. Um, and just like it's a, you know, I'm a, a goal oriented person. So mm-hmm, when when you set set something that high, it it, it kind of like propels you to really get after it. And when you work a day job, when you're doing all these things that um, just really, you know, weigh down on you, especially if you have a group like DRC behind you and we all do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why some people like do a one and done, but we have folks that run a marathon and they're like, well, I'm ready to sign up for the next one. Yeah. Um, but it just kind of helps you. Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's just a, a, a dope thing to do. Um, yeah. after you kind of like crush one goal, it's like, all right, I've been doing halves. Let me sign up for something that's a little bit, you know, greater and, you know, crush another ceiling. That's amazing. Um, I love part of your mission statement that you guys have at DRC. Um, It centers around, I think you guys said, helping people to push through their perceived limitations Mm -hmm. and redefine their impossible, which is so powerful. Um, Can you think of any perceived limitations that you had in your life before starting DRC? Um, Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um... I mean, I, I still feel like there's... I'm a designer. Um, that's my passion. That's what I do for work. Like graphic design? Graphic design. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, there's things where I feel like, you know, I, I can't achieve or I can't get to a certain level um, or people, you know, put me at a certain level or think that I'm at a certain place. Um, so I'm constantly having to look at, you know look at what that is and just try to see like how can I get past you know what these other people think and at the end of the day it's not really about what they think it's about what I think and what I believe in myself so it's one of those things that you constantly have to fight you know every day you know the little 
person on your shoulder that's it well or thing or or the voice in your head that's like you know you can't do this you can't do that and it's like you know what i can do this and then yeah. once you do it it's like all right cool what's the next thing but that you know that voice always stays to stay there do that yeah. self-doubt exactly it's difficult but once you can push through it i mean everything is on the other side of that right absolutely i mean i can relate to that even as far as running like i i had a health condition i had low blood sugar actually mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like a crazy thing to think that someone like you're could passing ever have. out yeah like i would i would black out occasionally wow. like when i was playing sports in high school and even in college and then i started working for a magazine, a health magazine in New York. And my boss at the time was this really dope black woman who had ran all of these marathons. And she sort of inspired me to say, hey, you can push through, you can go ahead and and run again. On top of that, I was also sorting through all these running clothes. And I was like, wait, I want to wear those sneakers. (laughs) I want to wear those running tights. That's mad fly. I want to be a part of this. So she encouraged me to run my first half marathon, and then I just like kept on doing it, and I definitely felt better about conquering life and having less of those sort of um, perceived limitations and all of that in New York and navigating right. my career, because running was that thing that sort of helped to anchor it all and allowed me to sort of push through those hard moments. Right. Not. A, I mean... That's a that's a very similar story that I hear from like a lot of people mm-hmm. um, that it was a dope black woman that inspired them to start running. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but everything that you said is literally those types of things that I think running helps people to like move past these 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 uh, these blocks. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I feel like another reason why people start running, especially in the African American community, is for health reasons Mm -hmm. i mean similar to you but a lot of people suffer from heart disease and obesity and strokes and running helps that it's um does drc like encourage or mentor their members on their like health and like diet and stuff or is it just all about the running um i mean we have fun so (laughs) (laughs) like we're not i mean to be honest like we're we're, uh, we like to consider ourselves like the you know, the turn up squad in, in many different ways. I love that. Um, Absolutely. Like, y'all are always <laughs> out and about. We are. And even how y'all got your start was sort of, you all did some events at the beginning. Yeah. It was, um, DRC kind of started from my 26th birthday. So it was built out of this 5K run that, you know, me and the other founders were like, well, let's, they're doing this stuff in New York that seems really dope. Let's do something here. We just use my birthday as a platform and it was called Midnight on Mars and we started at uh at Avery's on 8th Street right when it first opened um Avery was a friend of uh Taylor's brother um they were really close friends so it was like kind of these connections and he looked at us as like little brothers so he's like yeah y'all can y'all want to do a run yeah sure whatever um <laughs> and then lo and behold it's like we bring out 100 people on a Friday night to run on 8th Street and then we That's turned epic. up. <laughs> That's literally epic. Like, there's wow. no other word for that. Like, running down H Street, especially, we like, you grew up in D.C., so you know what H yes. Street was. Yes. Like, you don't, like, we used to not go down H no, Street. No, you don't. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't go down. Like, I you really You didn't drive never, down H never, Street. Never. You didn't walk down H Street. You say that. Like, I mean, I remember being in high school, going out on H Street and running back to my car. <laughs> like, that was the only running you did on H Street. Do you feel like... 
I mean, obviously this city is gentrifying very rapidly and neighborhoods like Trinidad and H3 Corridor have changed significantly. Do Mm -hmm. you feel like uh, this is like a perk of gentrification, like now that we're able to do these types of things? Or do you think DRC could have existed in D.C. in 2007? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it as a perk of gentrification. Um, I look at DRC as a way to reintroduce people to, you know, what DC is about. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks move here and they don't really know about what used, what a street used to be like the, the stories that I have and a lot of other DC natives have about certain areas and what used to be there or these carryouts and even like my dad and, you know, my mom and my aunts and uncles when they were here and they tell me, oh, this used to be here and this used to be there. So I would say it's a way for, you know, I guess my myself and other D.C. natives to take accountability for, you know, to, to hold on to that history. Mm-hmm. And for the folks that come to 8th Street, it's like we get to let them know, like, this is what this was, was here before you were walking your dog down the street. Right. You know, before this bar was put up here and before you were paying, you know, $2,500 for this a month for this um, apartment, mm-hmm. no one came down the street. Um, and the people that were in this neighborhood were, you know, the schools, these schools were here and, or we didn't come around here or we came around here or this was, it was, it was about. Um, so I don't really look at it as a perk, but I do, um, have a sort of appreciation for how DC has developed. And I, I hope, and I, and I, um, press and challenge other natives to, to do things to help people remember what DC is about. That's why I feel like Don't Mute DC was so great yeah. um, or is so great because mm-hmm. it's like constantly just telling people like we are here. Right. We exist. I'm not a unicorn. Like there's DC natives that are out here doing some dope things. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. In the same way that Don't Mute DC is an effort to sort of um, reclaim our music, our space, all of that, and say that, oh, this should not be silenced in any sort of way. What sort of voice would you like DRC to have inside of DC and beyond? Um, that's a good question, too. Uh, <laughs> y'all don't want it. Um, I mean, I think from, from the beginning it was we wanted to change the way people looked at running. Uh, we wanted to make running cool. So we wanted to when you know all it, DC was the the fittest city in the nation for like two years, yeah, and we're still up there. So when we want people to think about running in DC, we want people to think about DRC immediately. Um, I've you know I was I've a, I've been able to travel all over the world because of running, um, and spread the message of you know what DRC does in the city and um, and social media helps with that platform that, mm-hmm. to actually showcase what we do. And a lot of times people are like, yo, I've never seen this many black people get together, go out and run. And there's a lot of other dope crews around the, around the country and around the world that have, you know, big, you know, groups of predominantly black folks out running. But, you know, a lot of people aren't traveling to these places that I've traveled to where I can say, I'm from this place. This is D.C. This is my home. This is what we're doing. You should come check us out. And if you come to the city like you can stay with me. You can, you know, I'll tell you where to stay. I got people here. So it was like introducing people and kind of carrying that flag for, for DC. Yeah. So I think it's like a really cool thing to do. That's amazing. And you all have, have gotten some partnerships recently. You're partnering with Under Armour. Yeah, we've um, had a, a partnership with Under Armour since 2016. Amazing. 
So that's been a, a really dope, um, that's been a perk. Yeah. <laughs> How did that come to be? Um, How do you end up partnering with somebody as big as Under Armour? Um, you know, because we were dope. <laughs> you are dope. Y'all are. Y'all no. make running cool. Give um, them swag, everything. I mean, it was it was actually it was a group out of New York, um, Harlem Run. They had uh, we were in Miami, and they had, were starting to do some things with Under Armour. They had Under Armour had approached them, and I think they've been they were trying to build like a group of of running crews. They were trying to get into the you know the running crew culture that um, that New York spawned you know you know ten fifteen years ago. And that has since blossomed. So they wanted to get in the game and they looked at us as like one of the up and coming like or, you know, premier groups. Mm -hmm. And we just happened to be in the backyard of of Baltimore um, or however you look at Baltimore's in our backyard. However you want to look at it. (laughs) Um, And they they connected us with with Under Armour. And after that, it was just like everything made sense, you know, from Mm -hmm. talking. I used to work at um, at Nike at the Nike store and. Help with the coordination of their run club, um, and you know, work with different running stores and different brands. But um, after, you know, we after I left there and just really pursued DRC solely as like the own the only run entity I was a part of. Um, it just seemed like Anarm was the best fit, and they came correct with how they wanted to support. They didn't want to take over what we were doing. They really just wanted to help you know, propel us and work with them in a realistic way that made sense. And over the last about four years now, um, it's been a dope, it's been a really dope partnership. Uh, And, you know, there's been some ups and downs. um, And I think with any type of partnership, making sure you understand where the brand is going and how the brand builds and how they can and how we can help one another has been you know, a, a give and take type of um, process. But at the end of the day, I've got to work with some really, really dope people at the brand um, that I can call like my friends and that I know, you know, have our best interests at heart. Yeah, that's awesome. Under Armour has dealt with like a little bit of controversy as well. Oh, yeah. How have you all, <laughs> how have with you all sort of, CEO. yeah, with their former CEO, Kevin Plank, how have you all sort of, navigated that as being this yeah or did you feel conflicted um a couple years ago like working with them with all that was going on with him i mean to be honest they put us in a tough position um we were newer to the brand we were still figuring out like our voice within what they were trying to do and that whole thing was i mean it was a shock um but it was something that we did we were able to to talk to the the right people um, that ensured us that, you know, the messaging across the brand was still the same as what they told us in the beginning. I think some things got taken out of context um, originally. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I just really was able to connect with some dope people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of brands have a lot of issues that they are trying to work through. Some get more elevated or um, uh I guess, pushed to the side than others. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that him and his relationship or or not relationship with Trump is, I agree with it, but the people that were working in the brand at the time, well, the work, working at the brand at the time and still working at the brand were, um, were really dope people. And they were like, they were checking 
their management, their supervisors in and playing just as much as we wanted to. Right. So th- their voices got heard. And it, I don't think it was something that was shared publicly, but it was something that I was able to and my team was able to talk to other folks in the brand. And mm. that really made us feel OK. And then the other athletes like um, Natasha Hastings, The Rock, Steph, uh, Seth, um, mm-hmm. I mean, Steph Curry, mm-hmm. um, Misty. I'm like, these are some really, you know, positive people that I'm like, I'm watching what they do and how yeah. they roll. And right. it just, I'm like, okay, it's, it makes sense. And yeah. we were, we got assured some, some things. So it worked out for the best for us. So for somebody who is, who's starting out with their brand and wants to approach people for sponsorships and, you know, is negotiating partnerships, but still trying to stay authentic mm-hmm. to their brand. Do you have any advice for them? Um, it's always best if the brand comes to you. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I will just say, just, you know, stick to your guns and, and make sure you remain authentic, ha- keep your authentic voice, like whatever it is, however you approach them in whatever way that you feel like it works. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure like you, sh- you stay true to, to your vision and what you believe in. And if they don't mess with it or they trying to try to skew it, check them, you know, or if the brand hasn't solidified or you, you know, uh, solidified a partnership, then maybe it's not the right brand for you. Right. Um, like I said, we were, they were able to assure us certain things and, and how and from what I've seen and what they do for the city of Baltimore, what I've seen, you know, a lot of the people that I've talked to and how they work in the community that I wish they, you know, promoted more outwardly um, instead of some of the things that Plank may do or the upper executives may do from how the brand goes. Like, I just don't I know of so many people that are affected by, you know, on the lower levels and the local level for what they do that mm-hmm. isn't highlighted at all. Um, but for other people looking to get, you know, into to, to work with brands like that, I mean, just do your work. And again, like if the people that um, you're trying to see, the people that you want to see you will eventually see you if you're doing the right thing. Right. If you're you know, doing all the work, all the groundwork and you're you know, catching eyes of folks, um, influencers and people, period. If you're catching the eyes of demographic and get us out, if you mm-hmm. get black folks out, that's huge. Right. Um, so yeah, once you do that, I mean, put your deck together, yeah. <laughs> put all that data together you yeah. know, and, and send it and send it to them and see what's going on. But make sure you have, you know, dig and try to find some friends or friends of friends that could put you in the right position. You want to talk to the right people. Right. Dope. Yeah. So how do people join? Like, you know, how do, how do people become members of DRC? You um, just come out one night? Yeah. I mean, just show up. So we're, there's two ways. Well, there's two things that we we have going on. We have a <clears throat> we have our um, our Wednesday and Saturday runs, and next week will be our last Wednesday run for the season. But and then we go into our off season, um, and those are open to the community. So it's literally just show up and be ready to run um, for on those days. And then um, and you know make sure you follow our our Instagram account and follow you know our website and newsletter. To make sure you know that we're there. Okay. What's your <laughs> um, Instagram account? Uh, dist- at District Running Collective. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the other thing is we do have a membership, a paid membership platform that we offer um, two times a year for people to come in. Um, and that's more, that's a little different. Like you got to, uh-huh. you got to do a little work to try to, to get into that, that group of, um, that group that we have set up. What do you okay. have to do? 
<laughs> do you have to like, like pledge DRC hazing? or something? Like what happens? See, I can't even. You get gotta run thirty one miles without passing out. <laughs> to run a fifty k. No, it's it's really about you know you know people having a really good understanding of what we do. Okay. Um, we we don't really want people to come and just you know wear a t shirt. We want people to be ambassadors of DRC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really big on our. Um, I guess like our grassroots type of approach of, you know, word of mouth and, and social media helps a lot to spread, you know, the Mm -hmm. gospel of DRC. So when folks really have a great understanding of how we operate um, and what the running can actually do, then those are the folks that we want to be like our core group of members. Mm -hmm. That's going to be out there. They're going to sign up for races. They're going to get other people to run. They're going to inspire their families and, you know, just really take ownership of, you know, what running can do for them that's those are the type of people who want to be in that membership gotcha and you guys have a facility now right that yeah. you guys just opened up this year yeah we um we, we opened up a um our hq um on h street it's on 11th and h and it's two levels it's a community space where we focus on recovery performance and community um so we have events in there we do programming we had an event last night that was that sold out that was really good we, we do um, events for our members we'll do uh, special activations for different races um, it's a really dope spot it's really cool a cool approach to like you know a running clubhouse of sorts yeah, yeah. that's super cool that's next level are you guys going to be doing anything in that space this winter during your off season we sure will uh mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a another uh style of programming going on we we do use the off season to start planning for the next year. Uh, we have our big holiday party coming up. That won't be at the space. That's going to be somewhere else. So look out for that. Okay. <laughs> it gets pretty lit. Um, <laughs> um, but we, we are going to have, uh, there's some races that we sign up for in the winter that are in warmer places, but we train here. So we'll make sure that we uh, have a, like a dedicated days that people can come out and run out of the space. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, should we ask him our famous last question? Yes. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> if there was a theme song to your life, so you're just like walking down the street or actually running, what would that theme song be? Oh, what would man. be playing? The theme song? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I got to go with... Uh, the ones, mm, I'm going to go with Chance All We Got. I oh, love that. That's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Yeah. It's uplifting. Yeah. It's a good for a run. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, today we talked about race and distance running, how Matt and the District Running Collective are really inspiring black millennials to you know, join the culture of wellness and distance running. And, you know, it's not just an activity for white people anymore. Black people run. We run too. (laughs) We run too. Um, Yeah, hashtag. (laughs) Black people run. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, And thank you all for tuning in to Black and Lit on Fuller Service Radio. You can follow us on Instagram at BLCK, the letter N-L-I-T. Online, we're at blcknlit.org. You can find Full Service Radio on all platforms at Full Service Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Peace. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at fullserviceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.